and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. In this episode, we're talking about nine UFO sightings nobody can seem to explain. That's correct, nine UFO sightings that no one can seem to explain. This article comes to us from ReadersDigest.com. title says, Nine UFO Sightings No One Can Explain, and it's by Krista Carruthers, dated January 20th, 2023. It starts off with number one of 12, actually, is what it has listed here. It says, lots of unidentified flying objects turn out to be weather balloons, clouds, or planes, but there are definitely sightings that can't be explained away so easily. And then it's got a picture of a, I guess this is a type of weather balloon here. It's very spherical in shape, and you can see this contraption uh, contained below it uh, floating over some trees. And I'm going to keep saying this every time I talk about weather balloons. Why don't we have a weather balloon tracking system in place before one of these things comes and collides with a passenger airplane and there's a terrible, terrible result? Okay, it says most UFOs don't stay unidentified. UFO sightings often turn out to have very simple explanations such as aircraft, astronomical objects, rocket launches, balloons... Escape party balloons at sunset are particularly effective. Birds, insects, intensely bright squid lights used by Japanese fishermen and so forth, says Seth Shostak, senior astronomer and fellow at the SETI Institute, which is dedicated to exploring the origins of life and intelligence in the universe. In 1973, before he became president, Jimmy Carter reported seeing a UFO, but it's widely believed to have been the planet Venus. Now, you know, not a big fan of Carter's presidency, but he was an intelligent guy. He's like, a, what, a nuclear engineer on a submarine or something. I think that Jimmy Carter, and I've and I've read the account of what reported this UFO sighting. I don't think anybody in that party, that people saw that UFO, thought for one second that it was Venus, okay? Jimmy Carter reported seeing a UFO, but it's widely believed to have been the planet Venus. No, I have to disagree with that also. That's that's not correct. I'm not certain that it's widely believed that it was the planet Venus. Widely believed by who? These, genera- these generalizations are not helpful. The debris found at Roswell Army Airfield in New Mexico in 1947 turns out to have been from a top-secret experimental spy balloon project that wasn't declassified for almost half a century. That's also not true. They first came out and said it was a weather balloon, then it was some kind of a spy balloon, and then it was uh, somewhere in there, I don't know if the second or third explanation was, they were testing out a parachute uh, ejection kit. So, also, more nonsense. Number two, but not all can be explained away. In December 2017, the U.S. Department of Defense acknowledged the New York Times, acknowledged to the New York Times, that it had been running a program focused on investigating unidentified flying objects or UFOs. Uh, I, we, I have to correct this every time I read it, because this is not what happened. In 2017, the Department of Defense created a limited hangout, where they allowed some current deep state employees to release videos to some uh, recently retired employees to turn this over to a company created by Tom Long, and I think Hal Putoff might have been involved in that, correct me if I'm wrong, to the Academy of the Stars. And then those people were allowed to monetize that video on YouTube for months before 
there was ever an admission from the Department of Defense that these things were UFOs. So the whole thing was an inside job, and it was done in just really a sleazy way, in my opinion. It says, the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, ATIP, received about $22 million in funding between 2007 and when it was shut down in 2012, according to the Pentagon. Two infrared videos were released, okay, passed off in a parking lot, with allegedly, with the articles that showed an encounter between Navy fighter jets and a UFO off the coast of California in 2004. Commander David Fravor, who was piloting one of the jets, told the paper that after a radio operator asked him to check out a mysterious aircraft, he flew to the specified location and saw the seawater churning below him. A whitish, oval-shaped aircraft was hovering above the water. It accelerated like nothing I've ever seen, Fravor told the Times, admitting that it made him feel pretty weirded out. Unfortunately, definitive proof that aliens are real or not is just one of those science mysteries that no one has figured out. Well, we know that this object that he's seen was certainly of an alien nature, because it obviously was not made by people. And then it says here, 3 or 12, unidentified but not necessarily alien. Of course, just because there's no explanation for an event does not mean it was a visit from extraterrestrial intelligence. There are plenty of phenomena that scientists don't understand. They're not even sure why... Ice is slippery, Sostak says. He doesn't know exactly what the ATIP evidence shows, though he has some ideas, but he's not convinced that they indicate cosmic visitors. There's no explanation for about one-third of the murders in New York City, he says. Nonetheless, what that doesn't mean they weren't committed by people. Okay, now that's a straw man argument. That's another example of, um, of you know, of, of thinking... Of a, of, a, of a fallacy. He's setting up the straw man, a completely unrelated unrelated occurrence, and that's murders in New York, and trying to compare that to these very strange uh, craft that were not only picked up on radar, but were video, but were video recorded by uh, U.S. Uh, military uh, uh, airships. Still, humans have been spotting mysterious, mysterious objects in the skies for centuries, with cases increasing dramatically in the middle of the 20th century, when aviation and, Cold, and the Cold War were presumably made, when aviation and the Cold War presumably made people extra wary of unexplained lights in the sky. Here are a few of the most notable examples of encounters that haven't been solved yet. Well, I don't know if people saw more UFOs. But because the world has become more connected, we're more aware of the UFOs that were seen by people. Now it says here, China, 11th, 11th century. Around the year 1088, Shen Kuo, a well-respected poet and military tactician, wrote a book called Dream Pool Essays, named after his garden estate, that covered his scholarship in astronomy, mathematics, geology, zoology, botany, and more in the books. He described what might be the first recorded UFO sighting. An object nicknamed the Pearl regularly appeared in the sky over Yangtze province. Its door would open and very bright light would pour out. The spectacle was like the rising of the sun lighting up the distant sky in woods in red, according to the text. Well, that's 1096, look, or 1088. These UFOs have been showing up way before 1088. I hate, I, I hate to rock this 
this this girl's world. But we have accounts of UFOs going back, you know, hundreds and thousands of years. For crying out loud, you see pictures of them on the walls of caves. If those aren't UFOs or spacemen or whatever, I guess I've missed my guess. But they go way back in Native American tradition. It's way, way, way before 1088. Mount Rainier, Washington, 1947. The flying saucer era can be traced back to a sighting of a UFO that didn't even look like a saucer. This almost article sounds a little bit like something that came off a chat box. It says uh, amateur pilot Kenneth Arnold was flying over the Washington, flying over Washington on a clear June night when he spotted a flash of bluish light near Mount Rainier. Then he saw more nine flashes in total. He said the lights moved around like the tail of a Chinese kite, according to a 1967 book about the incident by Ted Blocher. Arnold at first thought they were jets, then maybe geese, and then he ruled both of those out and did not know what he was looking at. Later, when he described the sight to reporters, he said something about how the lights moved, like a saucer if you skip it across the water. Of course, that may have the term flying saucer, but... These things come in all shapes and sizes. It wouldn't have mattered how Kenneth Arnold described those UFOs. He, he saw something, he couldn't quite put words to it, but he had an, he had an experience with these things. Socorro, New Mexico, 1964. By the mid-1960s, UFOs were being investigated by the U.S. government through Project Blue Book. And space alien plots were common in movies and TV shows. The Outer Limits series started in 1963 when Socorro, New Mexican police officer Lonnie Zamora heard a loud roaring sound and saw a flame in the sky. He abandoned the speeding car he'd been chasing to check it out. He found a round object in a canyon and saw two figures in white near it. But as he got closer, the object flew away. Investigators from Project Bluebrook apparently believed Zamora wasn't making it up. The story wasn't making up the story and weren't able to come up with a clear explanation. I read excuse. Despite the event's proximity to the White Sands Missile Range, big deal. They classified the case as unidentified. It didn't help matters that this sighting was relatively close to the infamous Area 51. But we don't care that it was close to Area 51. If this thing was a UFO, Money Zamora saw, he saw a, a alien spaceship and two aliens. Now don't don't kid yourself for one second thinking that these were some of the uh, infamous midget Air Force pilots. Uh, the next article says, Finland, 1969, a group of fighter pilots on a navigation flight saw seven objects shaped like discs or balloons hovering about 5,000 feet in the air over a field. As the jets approached, the objects flew off at what the Air Force pilots called astonishing speed. According to an article in the Finnish Defense Forces magazine, Rutavaki, the incident is the only UFO encounter acknowledged by the country's Air Force. Well, they have a hard time sometimes uh, trying to debunk uh, wit eyewitness accounts by Air Force pilots. Now, these guys are, are trained to recognize uh, a variety of aircraft. They know the difference between uh, a UFO and a drone or a piece of space trash or swamp gas or the pilot or the planet Venus. The next one's France, 1981, when the French UFO investigation division called Giapan released its records to the public in 2007. Its website crashed from too many users. 
And one of the most famous unexplained cases happened near the southern village of Transay, Provence, where a resident said an eight-foot oval-shaped craft landed on his property and then quickly took off again. It left behind marks, which Japan confirmed appeared to have been made by a heavy object. Now, this is one that we've talked about before, and well, I should go back and look at this again because they went into, there was a lot more to this story as far as the amount of evidence that was left behind, uh, residue, how people reacted to it afterwards, and the fact that we had some really good witnesses to this case. I noticed a pattern here. This author, when they come across really hard, fast, uh, ironclad cases that show that this was definitely a UFO, she just wants to gloss over it and not really give the important details. But we'll go ahead and continue here. This is a good oversight of of you know of, of quite a few of these cases. New Jersey Turnpike 2001, several drivers actually pulled off the highway to get a better look at what they described as a group of golden orange lights moving quietly overhead near the Arthur, Arthur Kill Waterway. One of the witnesses was a lieutenant from the nearby Carter Police Department. Air traffic controllers couldn't come up with any explanations and the National Weather Service didn't have any ideas either. Well, you mean it wasn't weather balloons? Now, if you might remember when this case happened, this was a classic uh, orb uh, UFO sighting, a mass sighting, by the way. Of course, 2001, uh, early days of cell phones, and as far as I know, there's no uh, actual uh, uh, video recorded of this. And then we go here to Chicago O'Hare International Airport, 2006. This is a famous one. On a cold November afternoon, pilot, ramp workers, and mechanics and United Airlines employees working at or near Concourse C at O'Hare saw what looked like a very unusual aircraft hovering above the airport. Read UFO. All described it as a shiny gray disc, according to the Chicago Tribune, and some thought it was spinning. After several minutes, it shot silently upward and punched a hole in the cloud above. Unfortunately, nobody got a photo or video, and the Federal Aviation Administration said it hadn't caught anything on its radar systems. You'll want to check out the 13 weirdest things, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, listen, we've talked about this O'Hare sighting, too. This is another very good sighting, which she's leaving a lot of details out of. Um, no doubt about it, this thing was a UFO. They tried to come out and say that it was a cloud formation. The typical uh, nonsense debunking. Remember though, 2006, cell phones still pretty much in the early stage. First smartphone, I think was what, the Apple iPhone came out in 2009. So yes, some phones did have um, little uh, cheap cameras on them in 2006, but nothing like today. It goes on, it says Arizona 2018. Commercial pilots, one in a Learjet and the other flying an American airline pilot, airlines plane, both reported seeing an object pass two or three thousand feet over them in Arizona airspace in February 2018. The Federal Aviation Administration released the radio exchanges between the pilots and the air traffic controller and confirmed that it did not know of any other aircraft that was supposed to be in the area at the time according to Fortune. Once again, she's left out many, many details. I believe this was a cylindrical-shaped object. You had independent confirmation from two, um, two uh, airline pilots, one a uh, big passenger plane, one a Learjet, both seen the same thing. Of course, uh, FAA claims, hey, we, we don't know what you're talking about. But this is another example of expert witnesses. That's your commercial pilots 
seeing a UFO together. At the, both of them have eyes on the object at the same time. They're describing it. They're talking about it, showing how it moves. And yet we get no resolution on it. They just bury it in the news. Uh, this is the last one, I think. It says, civilian reports the SETI Institute's Seth Shostak. And I don't know why they want to interview this guy, because we know SETI is not about UFOs at all. They're out there listening for radio signals from, you know, 60, you know, I don't know, 1,000 light years away or whatever. They have no intention of ever making contact with any kind of alien civilization. To me, it's just their way of... Uh, Keeping busy as scientists, let's say. Let's just put it that way. The SETI Institute's Seth Shostak says he's received thousands of reports of sightings that witnesses can't explain. I hear from members of the public every day who have seen or experienced something they attribute to alien presence, he says. But he's not convinced that aliens are invading, and he doesn't think we should worry. Keep in mind that there are more than 3,000 satellites in orbit making images of Earth. Many at very high resolution. If we were really being buzzed by extraterrestrial craft, they would be seen by satellites all the time. The truth about the civil civilian claims, rather than the scientific claims, are just one of the UFO myths scientists want you to stop believing. Well, more nonsense, of course. We know that the government has uh, plenty of images of these things. They've come out and said that they've got cases where uh, UFOs have been observed on the ground, in the air by government pilots, and from satellites. So they've got, what, two million pictures of the moon that they won't give us, that they won't release? Been sitting around a vault somewhere since, like, what, 1969? And NASA's saying, you can't look at these, but we'll let you look at them after we sort them, but we just haven't had time to sort them. I mean, the, it is a culture of secrecy. It's just like any uh, of your uh, of your old you know, prehistoric cultish uh, institutions, whether it's uh, you're, whether you're talking about uh, the Egyptians or maybe even the ancient Catholic Church, where this you know where where the average person was not allowed to read the Bible. It's the same. It's the same mentality, the same uh, culture, the same way of doing things, and that is everything has to be secret, everything's classified, you're not allowed to know anything, yet they're going to give us disclosure. Not hardly. We know these things are photographed by these satellites. And look, if you're putting a satellite into the air, I don't care if you're Elon Musk or some you know, big corporation, you're not doing that without a government license or permit of some kind. If they tell you not to share the satellite uh, videos, if they tell you that that's classified and you can't talk about it or you'll go to prison, believe me, people are going to keep their mouth shut. So I suspect there are people in high places and people that have access to these images that have seen lots and lots of high resolution photos of these things, but they're sworn to secrecy and they don't like the idea of spending the rest of their life in an underground prison somewhere in solitary confinement because they've been found guilty in a secret trial of endangering national security. The fact is, we don't need their pictures. The fact is, we can, we've can we got plenty of pictures, okay? Uh, even if we did have these high-resolution uh, satellite images from the U.S. government or from Elon satellites or whoever, 
what's that proof? Nothing, because the debunkers will just come along and say, oh, well, these things were photoshopped. Some of the information they added here was pretty good. Uh, overall, I would say that this article kind of took on the uh, the debunker look, but it's it's almost like a little bit of an attempt at limited hangout. They brought up some of these uh, tried-and-true cases that really just cannot be denied. I mean, they've been around for a long time. No one's ever been able to disprove them. And they've put them out there in very short form. They left out a lot of details. Uh, they uh, interviewed uh, this guy from SETI, a, a, you know, a self-admitted uh, UFO skeptic, uh, UFO denier. Uh, they made an appeal to authority with him as, a, as basically their only source for this article. And then they put out, you know, some brief examples of like the Lonnie, like the Lonnie Zamora case. This guy's a police officer. He went to his grave telling what he saw. A UFO. I saw two aliens walk around it that left marks in the desert. So all these cases she talks about are all uh, ironclad witnesses. A lot of them left evidence behind after, after UFO landings. But rather than say to the reader, wow, what are the odds that nine cases could happen like this that are just so... Uh, unexplainable, that left so much evidence behind. There's got to be something to this. There's got to be more to this than weather balloons or the planet Venus. Instead of taking that tact, which would have been uh, the intelligent, open-minded, fair, inquisitive thing to do, she simply goes back and asks um, this showstack fellow, whatever his name is, from SETI for his opinion. Appeal to authority, appeal to authority, appeal to authority. Debunk, debunk, debunk. So, as you go through these articles, I mean, if you're cruising around online and you're reading these articles about UFO sightings or encounters or landings or whatever, just notice a pattern that uh, that always seems to want to uh, display itself. They can't face the facts. They can't face the truth. So they do a couple different things. Either they set up a straw man argument that's got nothing to do with what we're talking about to try to prove their point. Okay, that doesn't work. Or they try to appeal to an authority, which is an authority to them. Uh, SETI has no relevance as far as I'm concerned. This PhD doesn't mean anything to me. I have my own two eyes. I can be my own judge. I know what I see, and I know what people, other people see, because it's posted all over the internet. But anyway, good read. Until next time, this is UFO Warning. Over now. out.